Cover two. All right, welcome everybody to episode four of Cover Two Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here, like always, with my man Human. How's it going, Human? Hey, it's going well. So we're going to be talking about free agency today. Some winners, some losers, and some of those guys that you really want to have on your team this year that either switch teams or maybe they got an advantage by not switching teams. Yeah, we had a pretty crazy uh, start to free agency there, and it went really quickly and. Contracts were a little bit odd because of the salary cap being lower than normal years because of COVID and the changes that came because of revenue of that. Uh, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this unfolds with how these free agency moves or, like you said, non-moves will impact fantasy. Yeah, and I'm excited about this year. I mean, it's getting closer and closer. We got some interesting news about the 17-game season this, this week. What Which do you think about burning. that? Certainly will impact fantasy, and for anyone that is a commissioner or knows the commissioner of their league, make sure you guys go ahead and adjust your season to end now on week 17. It's always been kind of a joke in fantasy that you make fun of the leagues that have their championship on week 17. Well, everyone should be on championship week 17 now, whereas week 18 is the week you don't want to play or have any games going on. So that's a big, big thing that anyone that's listening that is running a league wants to make sure they talk about their league mates and get that set. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've, I've already have been in contact with some of my leagues and they're thinking about staying in week 16 oh, just because they think that, that they don't know how 17 and 18 is going to play out. Like who's going to sit their players? And I was like, ah, I want more weeks. It, it's going to work out the same exact way it's been working. That, that second to last week is still going to be a big, big week for – jockeying for position so get out of here with that nonsense you just everyone's gonna be sitting players on week 18 now i think so too but let's just get into some of those winners and losers we're going to start today with um the tennessee titans you know the biggest problem with the titans this year is they had such a dominant gear made the playoffs in the regular season you know after the regular season um you know Tannehill had a great year aj brown had a great year uh, obviously, Henry, the number one uh, fantasy running back, had a great year, but they really just had a lot of you know negatives going to free agency. They lost some offensive linemen, obviously Corey Davis, and you know with this team, a lot of negatives, but not really anything positive. Um, you know they did add Josh Reynolds, um, and yeah, some backup tight ends, but their biggest loss by far is John U. Smith. Great blocking tight end, great catching tight end. And yes, he was injured some this past season, but he's going to be a huge loss for them as they go forward in 2021. Totally agree with you that, this, especially with the offensive line. I think it's being really overlooked that they lost, I believe, two, I think three offensive linemen. And like you said, John, who counts as kind of an offensive lineman because he was one of the better blocking tight ends that they had on that roster. Speaking of uh, teams that lost in free agency, uh, this if there was a champion for losing off seasons, this team wins it, and that's the Houston Texans. They are a mess. They are the absolute dumpster fire if there ever was one. You've got players leaving. You've got 
they lose another franchise player, second offseason in a row in J.J. Watt after having lost DeAndre Hopkins the year before. You've got potentially Deshaun Watson prior to all of these legal issues going on, him wanting out. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Will he even play this year? You've got Will Fuller that's left. Uh, you're left with a backfield of David Johnson and Philip Lindsay. And you've got receivers. Yeah, you might want to go all in on Brandon Cook as far as fantasy value, but who's going to be throwing him the ball? Not a whole lot going on there. That 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 team's going to be really tough to watch this year. And I, I don't want any action of any pieces on that fantasy roster. Well, you know who's throwing it to him. It's Tyrod, baby. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, historically, uh, Tyrod's receivers haven't put up a whole lot of numbers. He He's a great veteran manager. Uh, he doesn't throw to get the ball downfield. He gets it, I think, I want to say his couple recent years, his average yards per pass were really down the bottom third of the NFL. So if you want it, go for it. Otherwise, I'm staying away. I agree with you. And then that gets us to... Um, the Bears, another QB situation. I mean, they got red, the red rifle, um, Andy Dalton, um, and he's about to save Matt Nagy's job, um, possibly, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, but, uh, you know, they had Damian Williams signing. That was like one of their big ones. And I don't know how much you really want to trust in a guy that didn't play last year um, and really wasn't the main guy for the Chiefs back in 2019. Um, the biggest thing that they did that really helped their team is obviously signing Allen Robinson or really, you know, franchise tagging him. Um, you know, he is a great possession receiver. Um, but again, we go back to what we said before, who's throwing him the ball? You know, is it uh, Andy Dalton, who looked like he died this year in that game in the, for the Cowboys? Um, or is it going to be one of their other backups because we know Mitch is gone from the Bears, so um, I'm going to see what I want to see what Matt Nagy does this year. He was supposed to be this offensive guru, guru, and he really hasn't had that kind of success yet. Yeah, you can't do a whole lot of guruing with Mitchell Trubisky, and in my opinion, also Andy Dalton. So it'll be kind of interesting. I, I don't think they got the memo that Trevor Lawrence was coming out <laughs> and foregoing his senior season. I think they still think he's staying for a senior season. And maybe that's what they're what's going on there. They're going, their intent was to tank and get him, but I don't think they they realized what was going on. Let, let's let's get out of the the gross. Let's get out of the gross of the losers and let's talk about some fantasy winners. Some of these teams that were free agency winners or off season winners. And I hate to sound biased because this is my team, but it's pretty undeniable that they are maybe the biggest winners in the off season out of this group that we have. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Overall, as a team, they're returning. They're the first Super Bowl era team, Super Bowl winning team in the Super Bowl era to return all 22 starters on the offense and defensive side of the ball. That is obviously it's a rare occurrence, but as far as continuity, it, it, it's fantastic because they did hit their stride towards the final third of the season, obviously going to the playoffs in the Super Bowl. I think the players that they have in those positions all have that talent that'll still carry over and still have that window open. 
Some of the players are aging. I, I don't see that lasting for more than maybe one or two more seasons. I, I wish that maybe at the running back, we did make an upgrade with maybe letting Fournette go and bring someone in or maybe draft someone. So that's something that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on to see if they invest any draft capital in a running back. But being able to sign the free agents they had and work the cap space with what they had available to bring in those or keep those players. And especially when you're talking about guys like Godwin, Gronk, uh, on the defensive side, Levante, David, re-signing him, getting Shaq Barrett signed. It was completely inconceivable going into free agency. I had resigned to the fact that we were going to lose of the three big ones. I, I thought if we kept Godwin, it was a success. But we kept Godwin, David, and Barrett. So that, that for me, checkmate. They're the winners. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. There was, I felt like there was no way they could sign all three. Um, somehow did also got a couple of other people. Um, yeah, that, you, throw in, you throw in Indomitian Sue. Yeah. You got Leonard Fournette that resigned. You got Gronk that resigned it. And they're it, taking less money. I mean, it's, it's that whole Tom Brady system. Take less money and win. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't necessarily take less money. I think the way that the GM structured, I think a lot of credit needs to go to him. And I've been pretty hard on him in the past with some of the management of the team over, over his tenure, but, you got to give it to him as far as talk about gurus. He was a guru with the cap and managed to make it work. Very true. Very true. And and that brings us to our, our second winners that did a lot of movement. And that's the Washington football team. It's really hard for me still to not to call them the Washington football team. Um, you know, I hope that they, you know, maybe they'll get a different name. Maybe they'll keep the name. I don't know, but uh, it's been successful. Obviously won in the division last year, that defense is very young and hungry, um, and you know what they did is they bolstered that offense. You know, uh, Matt uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, then you've got Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel. I mean, you have those three receivers. You know, those two Corey with Davis. Terry. Let's let's get that right. Corey Davis is in, in New York with the Jets. I think you're thinking of one oh. of Fitzpatrick's old teams. Yeah, I guess I am. That's what, I, I'm going crazy. But Curtis Samuel is yeah, there. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. Terry Mc, McLaurin is there. And, you know, Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel as your two speedsters can also play the slot. I mean, that is so dangerous with this team. Um, and Fitzy is just going to have, uh, I think, one of those years that you're going to just go, oh, my gosh. So um, you're, you'll be able to get Fitzpatrick late this year. Uh, hopefully he starts. <laughs> I think he's going to start. Um, but, you know, I see another... Repeat this year for the NFC East title, especially with that defense and now improving that offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think they, I think Ron Rivera's got got the thing going there, and they're gonna they're gonna continue to, I think, have success. That defense is solid, and adding Fitzpatrick to that offense was kind of what they really needed to to take that next step. And we'll see. They got Antonio Gibson. Uh, they've got their running back. They got the other running backs coming back. I forget the guy behind him, McKissick. I think they're set up for pretty good success. Logan Thomas is another good, if you're looking for tight ends, we talked on, on one of our previous shows about tight ends being kind of gloomy. He's one of the ones that could make that next step up into that tier where you're getting a lot of value out of that position. Uh, one of the final teams we're going to talk about here as far as fantasy winners, I'm sorry, free agency winners in regards to fantasy it may not pay off this year. And they didn't make a whole lot of moves in the off season. They did sign a, really great wide receiver and will fuller but 
what they did as far as trading draft picks and setting themselves up to be a team that's going to get lots of picks early in the next three years of the early round positions, and that's Miami Dolphins. Will Fuller alone was a huge pickup for this team. I, I did think for them to be totally included in here, if they didn't make those moves, that they would have needed to make an upgrade at the running back position. And I know there was a lot of rumors circling that they were trying to jockey to acquire Deshaun Watson, which would have been just like Thanos acquiring that final ring. But obviously that's on the back burner now, and they're going to look in other directions. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that sixth round pick. So obviously you um, people know by now that they move those picks around. They essentially moved them from the third down to the sixth and acquired a third round pick and a future first round pick. So I'm interested to see if they go wide receiver or if one of those quarterbacks drop down, if they figure out a way to package two and send them somewhere. Uh, I, I, they've got a great team. They've got a great defense. They, they were an exciting team to watch. I'm not completely sold on Tua, so so some of those offensive positions could be a little scary going forward fantasy-wise, but also, you know, Tua, Tua was coming back from an injury this past year, so maybe he will elevate it. But the Dolphins, by far and away, is one of the big winners of this offseason for fantasy purposes, but also just in football. Yeah, I totally agree. And and like you said, they're, they're rejected to take – a wide receiver at six um and they can't go wrong i think with either one um but you know the will fuller contract you know betting on himself uh going out there i'm not sure if he really fits the dolphins but you know he can't teach speed so we'll see yeah i think he i think he's a good fit he they needed that i mean they've got i believe it's isaiah ford who is a speedster but Will Fuller gives you that ability to stretch the field, and he's a bigger receiver. It's interesting to me that they are eyeballing wide receivers, which is, I know, at the sixth pick, they'll they'll be in the hunt to probably take Jamar Chase. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they went with Kyle Pitts, though. With the type of combine workout and experience that Kyle Pitts has, that could be a game-changer there and pair him with Gesicki at tight end. Then you're really talking because they've got weapons. They made that move for wide receiver. I think if Pitts is there, which I'm pretty sure he will be, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the move. That would be interesting. Um, I mean, you know, we all always talk about these two-headed tight ends that are happening, just like the two-headed running backs that's yep. happening. So we'll see. Well, now it's time for who will you pick, and I'm going to let you start again. I'm, I'm feeling generous. All right, are we going uh, from five to one this time? Yeah, let's go five to one. Yeah, let's talk about well, – let's make number one our biggest winners. Um, so let's start at number five, and I'm going to talk about someone that we actually touched on uh, in one of our previous shows. One of, I think it was our first show when we talked about quarterbacks. And with the moves that happened, this player didn't change teams, but he's a big fantasy winner for me based on subtraction. And – a couple other things I'll talk about, and that's Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry, he's not on the, the picture list there, Will. I know that's going to drive you mad. Uh, I did a little pivoting pre-show here, but I definitely got to go with Jalen Hurts here at number five. Carson Wentz being out of the equation now, big deal. What really set the tone for me, though, is these next two components. They did make a free agency signing for a backup quarterback in Joe Flacco. 
one thing that signals to me is that, hey, they're bringing in the vet that's going to back up and work with Jalen Hurts. They're not looking to bring someone in to compete with him, to necessarily take the job from him. That's a big deal. That, that's opening the, 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 the space for Jalen Hurts to, to have the season. And then also, they were involved in that trade with the Dolphins and getting out of that number six spot where they could have potentially had a shot at maybe a Justin Fields. Uh, and moving down to, I believe, 12 to where they're not going to have a shot at Justin Fields. Yeah, Mac Jones might be there. Kyle Trask will be there. But I don't see them investing a higher first-round pick in another quarterback if it wasn't that top tier of, like, Lawrence with or Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. So that's what makes me solidify Jalen Hurts in this top five. Yep. Don't consult the graphic guy, I guess. I see how it goes. I'm going to put Carson Wentz at five just because of that for wow, you. Wow, okay. <laughs> but – uh, I do, I do like that. Um, I think that the Flacco is going to help him, you know, just you know, teach him in the quarterback room. That's key because uh, we all see Flacco this last season. I don't think he's going to be starting this year, obviously. But speaking of guys that switch teams that I think are going to have great years is my man John New Smith. Okay, John New going to the Patriots to a team that likes tight ends, especially tight ends like him. Um, I know they got Hunter Henry, so maybe it could be back and forth as far as who has the big games. But it's not like they have incredible wide receivers. Um, they did bring in some, one wide receiver, but for the most part, they like to go tight ends. And then you put Cam, who is, uh, you know, loves Greg Olson back when he's the Panthers, and that's who we use. And I can see him a lot like a Greg Olson type. He runs great routes and is going to be uh, a big upgrade for the Patriots this season. I like your thinking there. Um, Nelson Aguilar, however, is pretty offended right now. I think you're going to receive a, an email or a oh. phone call from his people. Please email me. Um, but I like that. I, I When the moves first happened, I instantly thought we killed two birds with one stone as far as fantasy value goes with Hunter Henry and John o. Smith with both of them being tight ends that were those mid-tier fantasy production value tight ends. And I thought both their values got killed, but I see where you're going with that. And I, I can see that John who could be a big target for cam, especially when you talk about that link and how cam used to have that history with a tight end. I like that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with number four here. And we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about our fantasy, our free agency winners on the Washington, uh, I almost said it, the football team. And that's Terry McLaurin. Uh, he was a guy that I thought was going to make a huge jump this past season. Unfortunately, he didn't have anyone that was willing to throw the ball in his vicinity. And I don't think he's going to have that issue this year. We, we know that Fitzy, he gets, he zones in on one guy and he will target him over and over and over. I guess that could be our only concern is who's going to be the guy that Fitzy goes to. If, if we take a look over the last few years or the last couple teams that Fitz has been on, Devontae Parker was a big target for him in Miami. And Tampa before that, it was Mike Evans and Godwin. A lot more to Evans, though. So I, I think Terry McLaurin kind of fits that mold. I, I don't know if it'll be the Curtis Samuel. I think it'll be the Terry McLaurin, and that's why I'm going to go with him. Okay. Well, graphic guy again. I have Curtis Samuel. I don't Terry McLaurin. Come on. You're killing me. Uh <laughs> But um, I do like that. I mean, I, I 
I don't know what they're going to do as far as with the two of them, but it, obviously having somebody else other than, um, you know, what they had this last year with their tight end and Terry, I think that's going to really help his value. So I do agree with you there. Um, I'm going to go with uh, one that was a little under the radar as far as, uh, as far as what happened around our free agency, and that's Mike Davis. I really like Mike Davis in Atlanta. Um, you know, he is a – he can catch the ball in the backfield. He can you know, run the ball tough through the, the middle, and that's what they need. I mean, Todd Gurley was – is not Todd Gurley anymore. And so the Todd Gurley that we saw is not the great pass catcher – that Mike Davis is, and I just think that the season he had last year, as being the lead back with uh, CMC down and and really just took over a little bit um, in his his absence. So I think he's going to have a strong year in Atlanta, and I'm I'm really excited to see what Davis does. I absolutely love that pick, as long as they don't invest high draft capital on a running back. I agree. If they, can, if they can get through the first three rounds without picking a running back, I think that Mike Davis is going to be a great, great, great pickup in your drafts this year. So that brings us to number three on my end. And I think, I think the graphic guy will be happy this time. Cause I think I see our guy, my guy here and that's AJ Brown. Again, it's a guy that didn't change teams in the off season. And this is more of so of a addition by subtraction component here because you touched on it with Jonu Smith leaving. That's opening up a lot of targets for A.J. Brown. Uh, a couple other things that I know people are always a little hesitant with Tennessee wide receivers because you got Derrick Henry, you got the volume of the rushing game. Tennessee lost some, run, some offensive linemen. They're, I got a feeling they're going to be needing to throw the ball a little bit more this year, unless obviously they do find someone in the off season. As far as the draft is concerned, I, I see AJ Brown being getting maybe like a 30% target share in that offense, which is fantastic. I could even see it being a little bit even higher, maybe 35%. They lost Corey Davis too. They lost Corey Davis, John U. Smith. That that's a lot of big slice of the pie that's missing that I think that AJ Brown's going to completely absorb interesting interesting i'm i'm a little i i loved aj brown this year i'm not sure about this next year i think right now for the titans because we talked about how awful their offseason was that you know right now for me you know henry i feel like is obviously will always be a must start but i'm not sure about aj brown yet so that's interesting i like it okay um well i'm gonna move into um you know a guy that's gonna make the whole team better and his addition is back, and that is Dak. Dak is back in Dallas. Uh, got a nice contract. He, you know, is their best player. I know that Zeke uh, had some great years with him, but he's still their best player, and it showed this season when he was out. Um, you know, it's going to help Amari Cooper stock um, tremendously. They had a great relationship, a partnership the, the first couple years. So, you know, Dak is going to have a resurgence this year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. I think that's a really good pick there. And not only are, is Zeke's value going to go back up, not only is Amari Cooper's value going to go back up, all the Michael Gallup owners who had him in Dynasty or relied on him can – probably take some, you know, rest easily knowing that Dak is coming back and that value is going to go back up with guys like him. And, you know, they, that, that offense is going to rotate. That offense is going to keep going and being great. I think 
he's going to slide right back in. I think he's going to bounce back from this injury and have a great season. Great pick there, Will. I'm moving on to my number two here, and I don't think I don't I see my guy on here again. I think you're going to really hate me after this episode. Uh, this is Raheem Mostert. He is yet again another guy that didn't trade teams or change teams. I think he is going to benefit greatly, though, because Tevin Coleman is out of the way. Matt Breida is out of the way. Uh, you're not left with a whole lot on that offense, and we know that Kyle Shanahan loves to run. I, we also know that Kyle Shanahan has maybe lost a little bit of faith in Jimmy G. We'll see what happens with the trade. They're that team that moves into that third spot, which is pretty obvious, plain as day, despite the fact that Shanahan's saying they're not taking a quarterback. They are 100% taking a quarterback. It just depends on are they taking Justin Fields, who can plug in and play right, right away, or will it be a Trey Lance who, you know, Jimmy G will stay there and start because Trey Lance is a little bit of a project. Either way, Raheem Mostert, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be a huge player this year for fantasy value at the running back position. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and like you said, Shanahan is a rushing offense kind of guy. And so, um, you know, I am in, I am interested in the draft with them. You know, I, I don't even know if – I think they're going to take a quarterback. I mean, I don't know why you would move up to not do so. Uh, but I just don't know if the top – the third best quarterback is really worth it this season. Oh, I they, think they're good. I, I think we've got great quarterbacks this year. I think there's a really deep quarterback draft. I, I do not see in any possible other alternate reality where that team, the Niners, would give up so much draft capital they they essentially gave up of their future the next two years of first round picks and then some additional picks to move up to number three they are 100 taking a quarterback if i if I, we will probably bet this in vegas or with our our odds here that that third pick is a quarterback i i'm most assured it will be it just depends on who it is justin Fields' stock is going down a little bit mac jones is going up some people are in love with trey lance I'm a little weary of Trey Lance, so I think I think Justin Fields in this offense would be a home run if they if they end up going that direction. Well, that moves on to number two for me, and my number two is actually Curtis Samuel. We talked about him earlier in the show. Um, I think that with uh, Fitzpatrick throwing the ball, I think he's going to throw the ball at least thirty to forty times, knowing him and knowing that offense. Um, I may, they might not need to based on their defense. They might be able to play and, and win uh, a closer game or they're blowing them out so they're running. But I think his addition is not going to like only help him. But as you said in yours, Terry McLaurin is going to have a great year as well. So I'm, a, I'm really liking Curtis Samuel on a new team. Yeah, aside from the fact that he's like the Swiss Army knife and he's going to get a, some carries in the game too and some end, on some jet sweeps or some end rounds. Uh, some quick screen passes and he can break it off at any moment. I think Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, I think they're both must gets in your drafts and they're going to be viable options every single week. It's funny that you were staying like everyone stays away from the Washington offense in 2020. They're going to all jump to go get them this year. Absolutely. And Antonio Gibson's another part of that offense that he's going to be a highly drafted running back this year. So yeah, that, that's a kind of a crazy juxtaposition to how the 2020 offense for the Washington football team was compared to what the outlook is for the 2021 season. So let's go to number one here. And 
like I said, you're going to hate me, Will. I, I don't see my guy's face on here, but I think this guy, his draft value is skyrocketed. His fantasy value has skyrocketed. And again, this is we're a, about a month out from the actual rookie draft in the NFL. So things could change as far as this is concerned. But right now, tentatively, this far out before the rookie draft, near the end of free agency and moving parts, my number one guy is Chase Edmonds. Because with Kenyon Drake having left, it's, it's the Chase Edmonds show. Obviously, they do pass a lot with Kyler Murray. But we do know the running back gets a lot of work there. And I think Chase Edmonds is very capable of carrying that offense and being the lead back, the three down back. And as long as they don't invest that high draft capital in someone, when the fantasy drafts come around in August, Chase Edmonds will definitely be, as long as it stays status quo in Arizona, he will be a first-round pick. He will be a guy that I'm going to be targeting myself, and I hope other people will too. Well, I all I know is that you only picked one of the five, and that was Raheem Moister. I, I did have him. He's at the bottom right. Everyone else, because 84 is Corey Davis. Okay, so you're killing me when it comes to graphics, but that's okay. Yeah, man, I, I actually, and I'll be completely honest with you, I, I went into this episode thinking we were going to be talking about individual winners and losers fantasy-wise. So I had to make some last-second pivots there, so I do apologize. Uh, okay. I hope the graphics department can uh, forgive yeah. me. Uh, we, pay, we pay them well, okay? So we need to watch them. Um, but my number one uh, for this year uh, or for the free agency for this season was Matthew Stafford. And I think that's because of who he's throwing to. He hasn't had um, a bunch of receivers since he had Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, young Golden Tate, and Reggie Bush coming out, out of the backfield in 2014. You know, other than that, this year, he's got Robert Woods, as we talked about, the Swiss Army Knife um, over at C at Samuels. You got Cooper Cup. Uh, Reynolds is out, but you bring Deshaun Jackson in, who is somebody that needs to prove something this season. Yeah, um, don't, don't forget about Van Jefferson, too. That's that's why they felt comfortable letting Josh Reynolds go, the second-year guy, well, coming up second-year guy out of Florida. Yeah, and they also, of course, um, Hickby, you know, tight end. And then, you know, you got... A great young running back in Cam Akers who came on strong at the end of the year. I mean, that offense is dangerous. And Stafford has shown some great greatness and some not-so-greatness. But there was not much he could do last season with the guys he had. He really just had Marvin, jo uh, Marvin Jones. And then he had a bunch of young players that just drop passes so these guys aren't going to drop anything but the question is is he going to be able to lead this team and i do think he is a huge pickup for the rams and um i i really like them this season coming out of the west yeah i think you nailed it uh stafford's value i think is the one that goes up the most out of that entire group the concern here like we talked about earlier is who's going to be the the guy that he targets we know McVeigh likes to have the ball spread all around, but we know that quarterbacks kind of get in a rhythm with a certain guy. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Robert Woods? Is it going to be Cooper Cup? Is it going to be Higby? Will it be Van Jefferson? We have no idea. So I think what we do know for sure is that Stafford is going to have a solid productive year. And you, you might be able to get him on the cheap in later rounds too, because I don't know if people are going to be 
clamoring towards him because it's, you know, it's Matthew Stafford. It's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's good. It's not an exceptional. It's not like a Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to produce this year. Like you said. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really so, like, I think you're right in that if, if you are really looking for Stafford, he's really a boomer bust. He's, he's a lot like this season's Aaron Rodgers in a way, because I think he is going to have a great year, but he could fall on his face like Aaron Rodgers does every other year um, right. when it comes to his, his game. So I don't know. I think that he would be worth a great pick in probably the seventh round if you can get him. Um, eh, he might be a tenth rounder. I'm not sure right now. We'll see. Yeah, we got to see how camps go and how everything looks. But yeah, I think anywhere between seven and ten, I would I would wait till probably the ninth, ninth, tenth before pulling that trigger, because I think there are other quarterbacks ahead of him that are still with their team, so they already have that established chemistry with the offense and the knowledge of the offense. And Stafford's a pro; he's going to make it work either way. So I think his value is going to be there. Well, we're going to move on from here, getting ready for the draft. We're going to talk about um, the AFC and NFC East teams uh, next week. And just go through their different pickups. We'll talk about their fantasy values, um, and we'll we'll move forward as we get ready for the draft at the end of the month. Um, but I'm excited for 2021, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then we also had some news this week that Roger Goodell is going to try to get more fans in the stands this coming season. They're going to increase the capacity. I don't think he was willing to commit to saying full stadiums, but. He did use the word full, so I don't know. We're going to have to see what he meant by that. But it's going to be exciting that, you know, now that we've, at least at this point, vaccines are going out. And hopefully by then, the NFL season is going to look a little bit more traditional to what we've been used to. Yeah, I agree. And and Or they just make it look like the Super Bowl. Because when they, that Super Bowl came on, I thought it was full. Yeah, looked good. It yeah. looked really good. But that's episode four. We'll see you next week. Uh, Again, like we're talking about the AFC and NFC East. You guys have a great night. And make sure to subscribe and like. And uh, we'll see you soon. Cover two. Cover two.